All right, so uh, we are middle of letter 16, we're up to page 225. And like we started last week, uh, the letters now are kind of getting a little bit more political, historical. Uh, he laid down the, his basic overview on the Torah of Mitzvahs, on what it means to be a Yid, the role of Klai Yisrael, the role of a Yid, Yisrael amongst the nations, his role in history, the role of human beings in history. And now uh, he's kind of trying to understand the historical and political events in the context of, uh, of everything that he said. So last week we started the 16th letter, which talks about emancipation. And as we said, emancipation was the idea that, you know, uh, beginning with the French Revolution and, and, and other big, you know, world events, American Revolution on the other side of the Atlantic, the idea of, of people having rights and freedom and, and fraternity and uh, tolerance, etc., um, and the Jews obviously were, uh, were starting to get included. The Jews were given rights, equal citizenship, you know, even where the Jews thrived and were successful, and there were plenty of places, in the, you know, times in history that they were, it was always second-class citizens. It was always, you know, with the special permission and protection of the local rulers. Here we have for the first time Jews actually, you know, you know talking about giving them actual rights, actual citizenship, no special Jew tax, you don't have to live in the ghetto, emancipating the ghetto. And the question was, is this... So the first question that he was discussing last week was, can a Yid be a Yid with emancipation, right? If a Yid, the idea of a Yid is to be separate, if the idea of a Yid is to be a Yid, focus on a Yid, how can a Yid also be a good German? How can he be a good American? How can he be a good anything else if his sole role in this world is to be a Yid? And if her says, no, it's not a stira, right? Again, the Yid has to show um, how to serve their brother Shalom, what it means to be a Shemir Tayro Mitzvah, no matter what the circumstances is, and whether that means being in Germany, whether it means being in the United States, whatever it is, um, you, you, uh, you, you have to be a uh, Yid. It's interesting, I'll, just like uh, I was schmoozing with a friend of mine about it, um, Shragi Rozel. So he has a brother-in-law, um, so Wogelanter. You know, you know this guy, Wogelanter? You know this guy, Wogelanter? He just started a new podcast with uh, Rabbi Zakatinsky. What's your Avaida? What's your Tal? Yeah. So, in years, yeah. So he started a podcast. So he had, a, he had an episode uh, last week or two about you know, the premius of anti Semitism. It was in response to all this, you know, uh, Kanye West thing with, uh, with uh, Kanye, what's his name? Kanye East, what's his name? Was, uh, yeah, so. Uh, um, and he was saying about the, the premius, about, again, it's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, they call this the premius and like Kabbalah stuff, but there's a lot of overlap between uh, any, any thinker, any, anyone, Machshava, like of hers, you know, there's going to be overlap. And it's a lot of similar, very interesting, uh, there's some similar concepts. Um, you can take a listen if you want. It's, uh, what's the name of it? Remember the name of it? The name of the podcast? I have to look it up. Yeah, Wogeland. I don't know how this, that's a funny, he spells it. Um, what? Yeah, it was, very, it was a cute podcast. It was called uh, Tachlis, What's My Avoda? Tachlis, What's My Avoda? Okay, you can take a listen. What? Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's panemius, it's reserved, it's Akatinsky, you know, uh, you know, Kedarka, but uh, it's some interesting perspectives about, you know, the Yid's role in, in, in foreign nations and, you know, uh, taking the sparks and all that kind of stuff. I remember Nyamin could give a, uh, you know, I'm sure, could do a better job at it than I can. But again, so, so it's being a Yid in America and showing how you could be in America and serve the Russia, right? Obviously, if there's, a, if there's a stira, if there's a law that you're breaking, obviously, you're not going to, you know, being a Yid comes First, like I always say, we're not, we're not, okay, okay, you know, we're not, you know, people accuse Jews of dual loyalty, right? And we don't have dual loyalty, we have one loyalty, that's the Rabbanishon, that's, that's our only loyalty. 
right? It's, uh, that's, that's the only thing that we're loyal to. But it's not a stira, right? That we can serve the Rosh we could be a Yid in America, in Germany, or wherever it is, right? And so the idea of emancipation and having religious freedom, which again, we don't appreciate just how bizarre it is, right? We're talking about thousands of years of history, we've never had it until, you know, the 18, 17, 1800s. You know, starting in Europe and in America, it's even, even more extreme. Um, you never had such a thing. And the idea that, uh, that you can be a Yid with having political freedom was like a question, right? It's like, is it possible? First, has to give a shtick of terror to say that, that it could, could be possible, you know? But then he, then he turns to the question, and then he says, and again, just as an important point to, to what we said, he said it last week, is that, or first says the idea, one of the main purposes of Golos, which I've heard said earlier, is to show Klai Yisrael. Right? Again, we had our own country, we had our own wealth and power and a king and everything, and it corrupted us, right? We had, we had, we had our own country, and we corrupted us. So the Rebbe Hashem had to show us through Golos, right, that the things that other countries think is important, that you thought was important to Yisrael, that's not what brings a person success and happiness, that's not a person's role in life, right, not the pursuit of, pl- of pleasure and power, but actually serving the Rebbe Shalom, right? So going into Golos, living amongst the nations, losing, first of all, our own power and our wealth, and our ability to enjoy life, right, through the terrible circumstances of Golos, that shows us, right, that, that what's important to life, and also looking around at the nations around us and seeing how they behave and seeing, you know, uh, like this is what you want to try to be, right, and so of course it was very, very, right, and that was the most important first and foremost, that was the lesson of Golos which had to be taught, and it took hundreds of years, but then there are times where the Rebbe Shalom says, okay, hopefully you learned that lesson, now let's try to do it on a higher level, right, you sat there amongst the, the, the loser nations of the world, the violent, evil, you know, no type no one ever had a taiva to become a Polish, right? That's why the, you know, the reform didn't start in Poland because no one ever want, no one ever cheshek to be like the, like the Polak, right? It started in Germany where you had, you know, you had rights and the Germans were taka bakavadika people. Like, okay, now here's the test if you can be a Yid, you know, with freedom. You can have a Yid with, uh, with, with independence, with wealth. And that's, you know, the, 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 the next stage in Golos, which, uh, you know, you know, and, and, uh, and again, let's see whether that's a good thing. So now, here then is the answer to your question. We're on page 225 on the bottom. Just as we are duty-bound to acquire the practical resources that provide the basic conditions for our existence, right? You're allowed to get a job, you're allowed to work, right? If a person, you know, back in the old Gullus, you know, the king, the ruler, made a decree against the Jews, right? So you're allowed to lobby, you have Shadlanim, right? This is a very important job in the shtetl, the Shadlan, right? You'll have to go and lobby on behalf of Klaisov, lobby on behalf of people, right? So too, it is surely everyone's duty to make use of any lawful opportunity to alleviate his lot and to increase his resources, right? So the idea of pursuing emancipation to try to get equal rights for Jews, right? That's a little, why not? That's no different than any other shtadlotus. The more means one commands, the, more, the greater the possibility of fulfilling his mission to the largest extent, right? If you have more freedom and you have more economic opportunity, you have more opportunity to serve the Rebbe Shalom, right? So pursuing emancipation and, uh, to, you know, to, to try to secure equal rights, you know, for, for individuals or for the community, that's not a bad thing. By the same token, it's certainly the duty of the community as a whole to seize any opportunity provided by the law to obtain the civil rights needed to remove the government. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with trying to pursue political freedom, right? It's interesting. I remember... Uh, I don't know if I, I, I don't, know, uh, don't quote me on this. I remember there was a story when I was younger, I think I was in high school already, and there was a, a, a Yid that um, was attacking a cop. He wasn't, he wasn't well, he was, you know, he was, he was mentally uh, unwell, and he had like a small little hammer, and he was like, and the cop threatened and shot him and killed him. Right, so what was his name, remember? Uh, Gidon Levine, what was his name? Remember the name? I remember the story. Yeah, the big story, the story, right. 
And I remember hearing at the time, I confirmed this, okay? this was right after there was an African-American, Amadou, the, uh, there was an, a black guy that was killed by the cops, and there was a huge, uh, huge you know, protest, and the Jews were handling to do protests. And I believe that there was an eyewitness to this shooting, Rabbi Chaim Epstein's son. I remember hearing that. Again, this is public, all the listeners, and people get back to me. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it, And I remember hearing that Chaim Epstein said that the, he's not allowed to testify against the cop. He says, you didn't go, so we don't testify against the government, you know? So, you know, there, there, are, there are degrees between, you know, between, you know how does it look? You know, there's this response, and, you know, my, my parents' generation and the older generation certainly has this, we're in Gullus, keep your mouth shut. Don't complain. Stop making a big stink. You know, if, if, if some U.S. marshal posts something nasty on Instagram about a, a, a reporter for the Lakewood Scoop, stop making a big stink. That's not what the you didn't go, so you just keep your mouth shut. Try to keep quiet, right? And and obviously there's that's 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 one perspective. But also, you know, and as much as it's securing your basic rights, again, to go and antagonize, okay, maybe not, but to secure your basic rights that you should, you know, if the government arrests you, okay, the government says let's stop trying to, to secure, right? That not and and even the rights as a community of a whole, right? If there are laws, uh, you know, this is the discussion now going on in Lakewood with zoning laws, you know, how much do you, you know, do you try to get rights? Is it, a, again, there's nothing, as a basic ishtadlus that of her says, that's great. However, is the attainment of civil rights desirable, right? In other words, the idea of civil rights, is this a good thing? Is it a good thing for the world? Is it a good thing for Kali Yisrael? The idea of this equality, right? This idea of, uh, and again, it's, if you look in, in retrospect, you look back, it's been kind of a mixed bag, right? We have, you know, uh, the idea of, 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 of civil rights, it hasn't made the world a better place. I mean, the irony, this is obviously Rav Hirsch, this is well before Rav Hirsch, uh, Rav Hirsch this happened well after Rav Hirsch died, but the, the 20th century was the bloodiest century probably in world history, right? Unequivocally, the, the worst century in human history, this coming after all the great revolutions of, you know, of, of the European countries. So he says like this, I bless emancipation when I see how inordinate oppression has isolated yourself in the mainstream of life. Right? I look at, look at Kaiso. We were stuck in the shtetl. We couldn't participate in life. We couldn't participate in what he says, what the true role of a yid is. So amazing. Right? It has stunted our spiritual development. Right? Again, our spiritual development. Look, look at the countries where Yidin were oppressed the most. So again, the intellectual development was amazing. Right? Uh, we talk about the Baliyat Taisvis, and it's incredible. We read Taisvis, we take for granted Taisvis. I mean, these were written under the harshest circumstances in, in Kaisal's history. Right? The issue of the, the era of the Baliyat Taisvis, there wasn't you know, pogroms and, and crusades and, 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 uh, and uh, what's it called again? Expulsions. This was Maisim Bechalyayim. I mean, French Jewry, German Jewry, this was in the Baliyat Taisvis, even, even without the Bubba Maisim of the Baliyat Taisvis writing that long taisvis in blood. You know, it was a very, very difficult uh, time to the Baliyat taisvis, you know what I mean? This is, and they wrote the, the greatest, uh, you know, Pirish on, on, on the Gemara. This is the basis of, 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 of Talmud Torah, is the Baliyat taisvis, right? But the, 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 in the spiritual development certainly was less. In the Arab countries, you had more philosophy, you had more poetry, and you had, you know, that kind of stuff was, was largely in the Sephardim, because they had less oppression, right? So we're living, you know, for, for, for under-oppression, that certainly stunts our development, right? Look at, look at the freedom we have in America, and look at the, look at the amazing developments of all, these, uh, of all these movements, it's incredible. Right? So it's, uh, it's, an, it's, it's inhibited the free unfolding of its noble character, and forced some of its members, right? So what, what the oppression of the, of the Goyim has forced some Yidin, for the sake of self-preservation, to enter upon paths Right? In order to, to push it survive, we had to do things which men filled with the spirit of Judaism would have indeed have shunned even in the direst danger. Right? No Yid would have done the things that people were forced to do, but which they were too weak to forgo. 
right? I'm assuming he's talking about you know, people converted to Christianity, right? They push it, you know, it's the most terrible thing, but these people were starving and the, and the, the Christian powers were offering them all sorts of uh, incentives in order, right? And Baruch Hashem, most of them didn't, but there were always some that succumbed. Or, or um, again, maybe he's talking about, you know, uh, doing things that are illegal and black market things, which, which you didn't always have to engage in, right? Because uh, that was what we were able to do, right? The Polish nobles brought the Jews in in order to, you know, get them to do the dirty work that they couldn't do, right? The, 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 the big, the, the, the tavern industry, right? The moshke, the, the mashke, right? This was, the Jews controlled the alcohol industry, right? And that's, this was, the Jews had to do things, which, uh, that, that, what was that? That was because we were, we were stuck over there in the ghetto and we had very little options. So emancipation now opens up opportunities for us and allows us to do such noble things as, uh, as, as the nursing homes, Amazon and real estate. It was amazing. He blenches it, right? I bless emancipation when I see that nowadays no ideological principle, not even one born of fanaticism, stands in its way and its only opponents are narrow-minded greed and degrading selfishness. I'm not sure exactly what he means here. What I think he means is the following. Right? He says, there was a time when, you know, what was stopping emancipation? Why did people believe that we have to have, you know, the Jews are in the ghetto, or, right? It's not just the Jews, this is in general, right? The people didn't have rights. And that was because you had ideological, right? This was, you know, Christian majorities, and the Christians ruled the country, or Muslims ruled the country, right? This was, you know, the Jews were considered, you know, intellectually, these were lower people, right? And when that was the situation, okay, fine, you know, that's... But when, you know, in his days at that point, who's the ones that, who's the anti-emancipation? These are just power-hungry, greedy people, right? So, in other words, the people that support emancipation are supporting it because it's the right thing. It says that's a great thing, right? The fact that right now we have people who understand and good people, righteous people, believe that giving equal, e- equality to all citizens is an ideal, that's an amazing thing. I rejoice when I perceive proper regard for justice, right? For the human right to be accepted as a man among men. What's justice? And justice is that the human beings, that, you, that a human being has the sense of justice, he has the right to exist as a human being. And recognition that the earth belongs to God and that his children should be respected by all as brothers. Right? This, is a, this is an amazing development for the world. Now again, this is, an, this is a very, very interesting point, right? Because in America, in America, liberty in America tended, tended to be based, or at least in some part, or at least for some people, on like the Thomas Paine, you know, liberal idea, right? Liberalism. Now, liberalism is very different than what he's talking about, right? The idea of justice, which means that all human beings are equal because, right, which is really what, what the founding fathers, you know, right? All men are created equal and are endowed by their creator, right? This is self-evident. Where, where does this come from, that all men are created equal, right? So from a liberal perspective, it's, well, no one can tell you what to do. You're an individual and that's where you get your, your that's a, there's no limiting principle there. And look at what's, look at what's happened, right? What, 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 what we talk about when we talk about equality, what he's referring to as a good thing is where it's a recognition that we were all created by God and that's why we're equal, right? Justice comes from the fact that you look in the Torah and you see the Chiv to give charity. Where does charity come from, right? Why do, why do I have, you don't have, why do I have to give you? Where does that come from? The answer is clearly God says that all human beings have the right to exist and they have the right to expect from their brothers to support them and to, and to take care of them, right? That's, the just, that's what justice means. That's what he discussed earlier, right? The, the, the mitzvahs of justice are mitzvahs of, of equality of human beings. You, by virtue of the fact that you are a human being, are entitled, but because God says so, that you should have a basic, uh, basic uh, you know, uh, sustenance in life and a basic standard of life. It comes from God, right? Uh, you take away God, and now, you know, what, what, you know that's, that's a different story, right? Today, and whether we could survive is a, is a, is a very big question, right? Because 
because if you just believe in liberalism just because of some religion of liberalism, well then look where it leads us. Right? But the idea, what he's talking about, is the idea of justice, right? Is that we're going to give all human beings equality, right? Not because of some liberal idea, no one can tell anyone what to do, but because we are all human beings, and we are all human beings. Why? Because we were created by God, and created by God in His image, and therefore that's why justice exists. That's an amazing development. This must bring about the sacrifice of base selfishness and greed. Right? By, by, by looking at equality, by human beings are equal, what does that mean? That means that you have an obligation towards your fellow man. Right? So it's almost the, it's the exact opposite of what you see you know, in America, which is people think, oh, well, we're equal, so therefore we could all just pursue capitalism and, 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 and just you know, be selfish and to hell with everyone else. Right? That's not what we mean when we say you know, uh, justice and equality. Not through brute force, but through the power of the truth which these ideas represent. And when this sacrifice is indeed brought about, right, when people are sacrificing for, to others, I will happily welcome it as marking the dawn of a reawakened humanity among men. Okay, then, you know, so again, he's looking at what's happening in the world, right, and all these revolutions, and he's seeing that, you know, the nations of the world are starting to embrace the ideas of justice and equality. But he's not sure. He's like, if this is going to lead people to actually sacrifice for the fellow men, to actually reject selfishness and greed and power, then that's a good thing, right? It's a step towards recognition of Hashem as the only Lord and Father of all human beings as His children, and hence brothers, and of the earth as the soil given to them in common to be used in accordance of His will. Right? So that's where the value, the value of, of equality, the value of emancipation, the value of, of governments and non-Jews recognizing equal rights is only in as much as, as, as it's coming from the idea, the recognition that we are equal because we were created by God and that we now have obligations towards each other, right? You know, the, 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 uh, the, the abolitionists in America were very, very motivated by religion, right? Uh, some people use religion, biblical verses to, to support slavery. That's a different story. But for the most part, motivated by religion, motivated by the idea of, of equality, of that we are all God's children, no matter what color you are, right? And that's the value. That's something which is actually good. Right? But for Yisrael, I bless emancipation only if at the same... Right? So this is, this is in the world in general. And again, it's, it's, uh, remain, it remains to be answered. Uh, maybe the answer was already that that actually was not the case. Right? Is that this, the, the granting of civil rights in the world was not some kind of recognition of God, but maybe even the opposite. Right? The communism and Nazism that came you know, in the wake... I don't know if they're Nazism, but communism for sure. The idea that we're all equal and it's just, just another means to empower and enslave everyone, right? That's, they had the exact opposite effect. Well, then, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if uh, first would be happy in retrospect about emancipation. But even if that were the case, but for Yisrael, right, as far as Yidin are concerned, I bless emancipation only if, right, so the non-Jews, let's say they recognize God and equality, but as far as us, only if at the same time the proper spirit awakes in Yisrael, a spirit that seeks to bring about the fulfillment of our mission quite independently of whether or not we are emancipated. Right? That not that we can only be a Yid if we have equal rights. Is that it doesn't matter what the situation is. We could be in the ghetto, we could be in, 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 in you know, the United Arab Emirates, whatever it is, with absolute freedom and wealth, and we could serve the Israel, right? Ennobling us, implanting the spirit of Judaism in our minds, and engendering a way of life that accords with this spirit. Then, for Klayasol, emancipation is a success. I bless emancipation only if Yisrael regards it not as the goal. Our goal isn't to get equal rights. That's not the goal of a Yid but merely as a new aspect of it. It's a new opportunity for us, a new test, infinitely more difficult than the test posed by oppression. And that's the key, right? 
the test of being a yid, right? Uh, in, and I think I said this, I said last week or two weeks ago, right? That Ramatisio said, if, if uh, you want to fight the lashon har, right? I'm a busy lashon chavis chaim heritage foundation, right? He says we could solve the lashon har problem tomorrow, right? We should lobby the U.S. Congress to pass a law that says every single American must speak lashon har for an hour a day. No one will ever speak lashon har again, right? When we're oppressed, right? To serve the British under oppression, when we're that's much easier. First of all, the sacrifice, right? This is uh, this is much easier. Or in general, when we have limited options and we're stuck in a ghetto without any options, we can't uh, we can't do the terrible things that don't, you know we can't do the bad things that right. So it's much easier. But to serve Hashem with freedom, with wealth, with that's so much more difficult. But I should grieve if Yisrael understood itself so little, had so little left of its own spirit, that it would welcome emancipation as the head of its gullus. Wow, this is, the, this is it, right? As the ultimate aim of its historic mission. right? What's our future? Is not to go back to the Baruch Shalom and Yerushalayim, but that we should be good Germans. right? I should grieve if Yisrael, by worshipping emancipation as just a means to a comfortable life, and a greater opportunity to acquire wealth and pleasures, were to show that it had not understood the spirit of its turn and yearned nothing from its gullus. And sorrowfully indeed would I mourn if Yisrael should so far forget itself as to consider arbitrary curtailment of the Torah and capricious abandonment of the very essence of our life, right, that the reform, right, that we should reject Torah, not too high a price to pay for emancipation and freedom from the unfair oppression and we're to use it merely to pursue riches and enjoyment. Right, this is what happened in Germany. They really, really wanted to, to, to become part of the German culture and so whatever it took, whatever uh, Averis, whatever mistress they had to kind of wave away, that was not considered too high a price to pay in order to be, you know, uh, allowed into the, you know. And again, you know, famously, and we'll talk in, in, in the 18th letter, we'll get to Mendelssohn and, and, the, and the reformers, uh, the 17th and 18th letter. But, you know, the, the early reformers were Jews, right? They were Elochiyidin. But the next generation, they realize if they really want to be good Germans, they, they have to convert. And a great many of them uh, converted to, to Christianity, right? We must become Jews, Jews in the true sense of the word, pervaded by the spirit of Tyra, accepting Tyra as the wellspring of our life, then Judaism will gladly welcome emancipation as affording greater opportunity for accomplishing our task and realizing our goal. So again, just, just to again, bring this into maybe a, you know, 21st century America, right? In other words, we're not, we're not dealing with these struggles, right? We have equal rights. All right, the question of whether Agudah should sue this town of Jackson, that's a cute question. We'll let the Mayetzis Kudelia figure that one out, right? But the idea of, of recognizing right, that our, our test as a Yid, when things are going well, is infinitely more difficult, right? Is, is one which I think we, we continue to struggle with. Again, I, you know, I, I look at, I, I try to con- kind of continue the, the historical progression. And I look at, like, obviously the Holocaust is like this tremendous, like, blotch on, 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 on reverse, right? This is where he looks to Germans and he seems, he's very unsure in this letter. This is written kind of younger. Later on in, in, in later in his life, he seemed to have taken a more, you know, even positive view of, 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 of the Germans and their life. And then you look at the Holocaust. But to me, it's almost like, you know, Things were, you know, the Holocaust came was almost like an anomaly, right? It was like a five-year period where it was just complete hell, and then almost like quickly went right back to complete freedom and equality that we had before, right? And it's almost like, you know, instead of going through another two thousand years of gullus to teach us how terrible, you know, uh, Hashem kind of did. Again, I'm not, I'm not giving reasons, but I'm just, you know, looking in retrospect about its effect, and we kind of we were able to go back and have even greater freedom and wealth than we ever had. And again, we have, certainly there are struggles that we're dealing with, but, uh, you know, we, you can't compare, right? The idea that we're from Yidin and the idea that, you know, so many people are from and so many people are learning and our numbers are growing, 
um, is a tremendous success. And they're not without our problems, they're not without our issues, and every generation's got to you know, deal with new things. But, uh, you know, we, we certainly there's a tremendous, tremendous, uh, we've learned, to, we learned, we learned a tremendous amount about the uh, Yid and Golis. Now, whether, you know, our newfound wealth and, and, and whether we'll be influenced by, I don't know. But again, recognizing that, that wealth and freedom are tests, are opportunities for us, they're not essential, right? And, and try to imagine once in a while, what would your life be like if those things were taken away? How do you react? Right, all of a sudden forced into a ghetto. Right, you know, uh, it made it illegal for you to participate in the economy, and you had to live in poverty. Leilenu, right? What would your life look like? Well, if if, if you recognize your, your mission in life as serving the Rebbeinu Shalom and doing this taira, then whatever the circumstances, that shouldn't change, right? And that means that now that things are good, your mission in life is not to pursue pleasure and money, etc., but your mission in life is, how do you serve the Rebbe under these circumstances? What is my role here? How do I marbekoit How do I keep the mitzvahs under these extremely, extremely enticing circumstances? How do I make the proper separations? And, then, and, and if you do that, that's the impact that you have on the world, the impact that a from Yid could have, that he has everything open in front of him. There's almost nothing that's restricting him. And yet... He has his values, and yet the separation between the sexes, yet his honesty, right? No matter what, you know, if, if, if we could, under these circumstances, under these circumstances of freedom, equality, and wealth, if we could be models for the world, for ourselves, for God, right? What a, what a tremendous accomplishment. And, uh, you know, we're still learning. We're still, uh, you know, uh, we're still trying to figure it out. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep on growing. All right, we'll uh, stop here.